volume of your voice increase so that every other voice will decrease, oh God. Let me, let me, let me plug up my ears to every other voice and hear your voice alone, oh God. Come on, I just, this is what I want you to do right now. I just want you to take a moment right there where you're standing. Maybe you need to sit. It's up to you. But just for just about 20 seconds, I just want you to take a moment and readjust your, your hearing. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want you listening to my voice. I want you to hear his voice just for about 20 seconds in silence. As the band just kind of plays off there, I just want you to listen to his voice this morning. me this morning. How many of you know that the word noise is from the Latin word where we get the word nausea? <laughs> All the noise of your life can make you sick at your stomach where you came here. He wants to speak to us. How many of you know that God wants to speak to us right now today? Amen. Come on. Find somebody standing around you. Look at them square now and say, God wants to speak to you today. Come on, tell them. God's got a word for you today. Father, we worship you. Come on, one more time. Father, we worship you for your spirit and your presence this morning. We pray that as we go into your word this morning, that we would hear your voice, not a man's voice, but we would hear your voice. Speak clearly to us, oh God. Change the path that we're taking. Change the course of our life. Change our schedule if you have to. To speak to us, Father, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated this morning. Welcome to Passion Church. We're getting ready to take up our tithing offering this morning. And as you're preparing for that, you can just uh, get your checkbook out or whatever you need to do. There's an offering bucket on the end of the row. You can grab those, and I'll give you just a second here uh, to, to prepare yourself. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we want to encourage you. There's a little... Um, card on the inside right of your bulletin. If you just take a moment and fill out your information, tear it off, and put, you're probably going to get really sick of what I'm getting ready to review with you. We've been in a, a message series called Close Encounters, and I know some of you are going to get outright sick of what we're going to talk about first, but let me explain why we're doing this. Um, there was a book written, uh, written recently, try to say that three times fast, uh, that dealt with churches and they went in and they surveyed the members of the churches and they asked these, the members this. How does a person encounter God and move to discipleship? How do they move to spiritual maturity? And this is what they discovered. There were two answers. The first one was, we don't know. The church members didn't know. The staff didn't know. The pastors didn't really know. We really don't know. We don't have a plan. We don't have a process. And then the second answer to that question that went along with that is that it just happens naturally. How many of you know that growth in God doesn't just happen naturally? It has to happen intentionally. So as we begin to get ready for Passion Church, we developed what we're calling the Passion Process. It's a three-step process. The first one is you encounter God. You get your hands up. You get into God's presence and you encounter Him and He changes everything, right? But just dancing on Sunday is not enough. You've got to have something to live on. So we said the second step would be equip where we get our hands open. We're going to teach you the secret handshake right here. Hands up, hands open. And then once you get equipped, we didn't equip you to just sit in the pew all the rest of your life. 
life and never tell anybody, we're equipping you to become engaged. And so we get our hands out and we begin to operate out in our community and touch people with the love of God. So that is our process. And so we said the first week, the very first week we talked about close encounters, is I challenged you that, a, that an encounter with God is not enough. You've got to go one step further. There's a huge difference between an encounter and a close encounter. And I use the example. Remember the example? You're driving down the highway, you're speeding, and the police officer's going the other direction, flips his lights on, points his finger at you, and you slow down. That's an encounter. When he whips his car around and begins to chase you with his lights on, that's a close encounter. There's a big difference, about a $500 difference, right? So we need a close encounter with God. And then last week, for those of you that were gone on Labor Day, let me tell you what we talked about. We said that in, in order for us to have a close encounter with God, you have to meet God on His terms. Amen. This is not Burger King. You don't get to have it your way. You've got to encounter God on His terms. And His terms are this. First of all, you've got to be hungry. Right? You've got to, you've got to desire God by, with every fiber of your being. We said that your, your appetites are driven by your cravings. And so we crave a lot of things. We just don't crave God. Because cravings will make you do weird stuff. Like get up early in the morning when everybody else is asleep and stand in line for free chicken biscuits at Chick-fil-A on the first day of their opening, right? You will do weird things because of cravings. And what I'm asking you to do is come to the place that if it takes doing something weird to get in touch with God, you'll do it. And then I said, not only must you have uh, a hunger for God, you've got to be honest. Because so, most of us, we come to God fake. We come to church and we know how to put on the mask. We know how to play the game. And God refuses to allow us to meet us. He is not obligated to deal with us in the midst of our fantasy. God deals with us in reality. And so we've got to be honest with God and we've got to be honest with one another. We've got to be able to look at one another and say, you know what? I'm struggling this week. I need help. And then the third thing I said to you, and we don't like this one much and we don't talk about it very much anymore, is that you've got to be holy because God's holy. He will not put up with our stuff. He demands. I didn't say you have to be perfect. We're on a pursuit. We are on a journey of holiness, but we are on a genuine, we have a genuine desire to live like He says to live. We live by His absolutes. We don't try to, try to write the rules. We live by His rules. And so that brings us to this week, third part of this message that I want you to, to, to deal with this morning. There's, a, I believe, a very crucial element of, of an in close encounter with God that we have to be willing to deal with. So, Danny, I want you to show that video, if you will, and you guys watch this.
time this morning. Time. When we begin to talk about time, our struggle is this. Let me tell you what our struggle is. Most of us have come, become accustomed to desire and even demand convenience. Am I right? That's why we want convenience stores, but now we don't just want convenience stores. We want convenience stores with drive throughs on them because we don't want to get out of our cars to have to go in, right? We don't want just weddings. We want drive through weddings. Can you believe we're doing drive through weddings now, all for the sake of convenience? And this is the one that kills me. We used to want to go out. I, when I was growing up in, in high school, I'd hear people talking about, I'm going to go lay out this weekend to get a tan. Well, now we don't even have enough time to go lay out and get a tan. So we went and designed these things called tanning beds. And then all of a sudden, because that takes about 15 minutes, two or three times a week, we said, you know what? That's way too long. Now we just walk in and they spray us and make us tan right? All because we live this chaotic, crazy pace of life, right? It's just chaos. And, and so we're consumed with, with this pursuit of, of time. And, and there's this movie that came out not too long ago called The Fast and the Furious. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That had nothing, I know it really did, but in my mind that had nothing to do about cars. It really had to do, it's a statement about our life. Because most of us live our life at a fast and a furious pace. Here's the problem. When we come to church, we can't stop the pace. See, it just kills me. I've come to realize that we'll stand in line at Disneyland for 45 minutes to get to ride our ride without complaining. And we'll go to a Hornets basketball game, and if there's a long concession stand line, that's all right. We're there to watch basketball. So we'll stand 45 minutes to get our soda and get our popcorn. That gives us no problem. But when we come to church, we get aggravated and antsy and sometimes even angry if we can't get everything from God we need in 20 minutes. Get me in. Get me out. We are driven by the clock. And what we need to understand is that God is not limited to our time. We need to understand that God created time when He separated the night from the day with the sun and the moon. He is in charge of time. He operates in time. He's always on time. But He's not obligated to stay within our time. He's beyond our time. See, God, will, God refuses to be held hostage to our watch or our, our calendar. We cannot, listen, I got news for you this morning. You cannot turn God into a drive through convenience store. He will not respond. You cannot say to God, I'm going to put you in this box, and if you don't move within this box, I'm sorry I don't have time for you this week. I got too much else going on, and I'll see you later. We need to understand this morning that there are two kinds of time. I want to try to teach you something this morning. The first thing I want to teach you is if you search Scripture out and you deal with the Scripture, we discover that there are two types of time. The first one is the Greek word chronos, from where we get the word chronological. It deals with calendar time or quantity of time. Uh, it's this span of time. And so that, that, used, that word is used throughout Scripture and it deals with quantity of time. But there's also a second word used for time called keros or kairos, which has a completely different connotation because the literal translation of keros is this, a divine appointment with God. It doesn't deal with quantity of time. It deals with quality of time. Now, what I would say to you this morning is that Kairos moments are worth fighting for. Kairos moments, divine appointments with God, are worth protecting and, and living or dying for because if you search Scripture out, we believe that Scripture took, took 1,600 years approximately to write from start to finish. If you research through Scripture, you find out that the word Kairos, divine appointments with God, is only used 168 times in the entire canon of Scripture. You know what that teaches me? I can't afford to miss a divine appointment with God. That's why I would say to you this morning is that the, the, the 
divine appointments with God are so few and far between that we cannot afford to miss. That means if, if you have a divine appointment with God at church, you can't afford to go to the lake. If you have a divine appointment with God in, in, in the midst of a worship service, you can't afford to lay out and say, well, I was sleepy today, I can't go. If you miss the divine appointment, you don't get it back. The opportunities are not postponed, they are lost forever. You'll never get that moment again. So it is important that we fight for divine appointments with God. Carotid moments only come so often, so we've got to fight for those things. Now here's our issue. Are you ready? Here's our issue. We are willing to forfeit Kairos moments just in order to save some Kronos moments. We've come to the place in life where we go to say to God, God, uh, if you can meet with me during this amount of time, I've got this schedule, I've got you booked on my day timer, you're in my phone, you're on my calendar, and if you will just meet with me in this 14 minutes that I got for you once a week, then I can deal with you. But if you don't, I'm sorry, I got too much. And we live our life devoid of Kairos moments and we wonder why. See, I believe, I honestly believe that we have lost the art of tearing. That you don't, you don't hear the word tearing much in church anymore. In fact, some of you young guys probably haven't ever even heard the word tarry used in church. But it simply means this, to wait. We don't like, listen, we don't want to wait on God, but we want God to wait on us. Something wrong with that picture. We don't want to take the time to wait on God and say, God, here I am, touch me, and, and I'm here for you, and I'll wait as long as I have to. I will wait on We don't want that. God, you're on our time schedule. You're, you're like a puppet on a string. We're going to show up, do our thing, and we expect you to move now. And if you don't move now, I'm out of here. We want him to wait on us. But I've learned something as I've read through Scripture, and one of the portions of Scripture that I'm going to draw your attention to, we read last week, and I want to bring it back to your attention. This is the principle you need to understand. If you want to have a close encounter with God, it requires waiting. In fact, I read to you out of Genesis chapter 32. I want to read it again this week. Verses 24 through 26, it says this. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was strained as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Did you catch it? He wrestled how long? All night. Right? He wrestled all night long. In other words, he was willing to stay put until God blessed him. He was willing to tarry if he had to. He was willing to, to, to stay all night long and to stay in the presence of God and say, God, I am here until you do something in my life and I will not leave before you do that. Jesus understood tearing. We often read the portion of Scripture in the New Testament where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and He leaves His disciples alone and He says, pray for me. And He walks off and He begins to pray by Himself. And you know the story, they fall asleep and Jesus comes back and He says, this is a famous statement, people write books about this, could you not tarry one hour? And so we've, we've decided that there's something supernatural, spiritual, holy about 60 minutes. That's quantity of time. We think Jesus' whole focus was on one hour and, and we've stopped right there. We've missed the whole context of Jesus' life. Because if you search about Jesus and you read about Jesus in the Scripture, it says that Jesus had two customs. One was, on the Sabbath, He went to the synagogue. 
And the second was, as was his custom, he would go off and pray by himself. Teaching us this, this very important principle is this. He's not focused on the quantity of time. He's not saying it's got to be 60 minutes every day. He is saying that there are moments in your life, there are stressful moments, there are ordinary moments, there's there's ordinary days and extraordinary days where you've got to pull away from God, uh, with God, and get a chaotic moment, a divine appointment with him. That's what church is all about. That's what personal devotions are all about. That's what getting alone away from all the noise and all the distraction of life is all about. Most of us are so distracted we can't worship God. That's why the worship team has to get here and crank it up for about 45 minutes so we can get ready. When we, If we would just come in prepared, I'm preaching real good right now. See, let me read a verse of Scripture that teaches us a powerful message. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, one of my favorite scriptures of all time says this, But those that wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you worn out? Are you at wit's end? Are you stressing out? Are you having to pop ibuprofen to get rid of your headaches? Are you having high blood pressure? Is your world falling apart? Is everything going wrong? Why? And my, my response to you this morning is this. Most of us wind up in that situation because we've lost the ability to wait. The Bible's very clear. It's those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. If you need fresh strength this morning, you got to wait. If you need a word from God this morning, guess what? you got to wait. If you need direction from the Lord this morning, guess what? you got to wait. If you want to encounter Him close and draw up and tight with Him, you've got to wait. Now, here's the deal. We think waiting is some passive, inactive, where we sit in a trance-like state for about four hours and we don't have any brain activity. We think that's what waiting is all about. Let me teach you something this morning. Waiting is not passive. Waiting is a very aggressive, a very active pursuit of His presence. In fact, if you look up the word, the Hebrew word there for wait, it's the word kava. That's a tough word, Q-A-V-A-H, kava. And it means this. It means to wait or hold on to strongly. That's not passive. That's an active, that's an active involvement. I'm strongly waiting on God. But I like this. It's a, one of the other definitions of this is it says, during the time you wait, you become wound together with the object you are waiting for or on. How many of you know most of us aren't wound up in Him? So we wind up with a lot of junk. See, how many of us are more willing to wait on coffee than we are willing to wait on God? And so what we wind up with is a caffeine addiction and bad breath. Right? Most of us are willing to wait on Bad Bobby and Sweet Susie for so long, we wait on them longer than we wait on God. And so what we wind up with is a broken heart, a broken spirit with baggage in our life because we wait longer on them than we're willing to wait on God. And I'm telling you this morning, if as a church, as as an individual, as a corporate body, if we are going to have a close encounter with God, one of the processes that we have to deal with is this. It's going to take us time. Because, see, the reality is that most of us are pulling out of the parking lot about the time He's ready to move. Most of us are, are walking out right at about the moment that He's wanting to speak to us because we quit too early. I, now, listen, before you get... I see some of you getting really nervous. I see some of you going, oh, Lord, we're going to go to Marathon Church. I'm not talking about Marathon Church. I'm not talking about taking 16 hours to accomplish something. Let me, let me tell you some things about Passion Church so that you won't get too nervous. The first one of this is I do not believe in wasting time. 
I believe that time is absolutely precious. It's worth more than all the money. It's worth more than all the cars because you can never get it back. So here's the commitments we make to you. First of all, we will protect your time. We are not going to come in here and lengthen things just to, to justify our existence. We are coming in here on purpose, with one purpose, and that is to have a close encounter with God. So don't get nervous. The second thing I would say to you is this. We believe in protecting the flow of the Holy Spirit, so we're not going to hurry. We're not going to break the flow for unnecessary activities. We've cut this thing down to bare bone minimum. We're going to do what's important. When God is moving, we're not going to leave and we're not going to shut it down just to fit into your schedule or our schedule. When God begins to move, we're going to let Him move. Alright? But let me say this to you. At the same time, we're not going to prolong things just so we can say, man, we had good church today. No, we're going to get into His presence. And here's, here's the commitment we make to you. We're going to simply enjoy the presence that we pursue. We need His presence. Oh, come on. We need His presence. We don't have a hope without His presence. We don't have a prayer without His presence. You don't have the ability to live your week out without His presence. You need this time away with God. Amen? And so we're going to protect the flow. We're going to protect the, 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 your time, but we're going to enjoy the presence. So here's my challenge to you this week. Are you ready for the challenge? Here it is. Get alone with God. You need to be alone with God. That throughout your day, throughout your week, you need to take some moments and get alone with God and hear what God has to say to you. Why? Because when you learn to wait on Him, it will strengthen you. But I would also say to you this morning this, hear me very carefully, I want you to make a commitment that when we come together in this place, like we are this morning, that you will come here ready to receive from God. If you would prepare on the way here, it won't take us so long. If you would pop a praise and worship CD into your car radio on the way over here instead of listening to Rascal Flats or whatever else you may listen to, or 50 Cent or whoever you listen to, I'm trying to hit every genre. Some of you are old, so maybe you ought to quit listening to Jump, Jump Van Halen, whatever, and get a praise and worship CD and spend a few minutes listening. I'm showing my age right now. My mullet's starting to grow out as I talk. We're taking too much time. Uh, listen, you don't think I had a mullet. I had a mullet at one time. I was, I was the king of mullet. All right, anyway, you've got to take time. Get into God's presence. I, I need you to make a commitment that when we walk into this place, we will have a close encounter with God. What makes the difference from one church to another? What, what's going to set a passion church apart from all the other churches? What, what's going to distinguish us? Can I tell you what makes church different? It's the spirit of expectancy. That's what makes a church different from all the other churches in town. It's whether some people arrive expecting a move of God. Let me tell you, let me teach you something this morning. I, I used to quote this all the time until people were sick of it, but it's a principle that has impacted my life. Are you ready? The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. If you show up at church and you don't expect anything, guess what you get? Nothing. We get what we expect. So I am encouraging you to show up at Passion Church ready, applying yourself spiritually away from all the noise so that you come into His presence and together, corporately, we praise and worship Him and He shows up and does things that we can't do. And then the second thing I'd say to you is this, God always inhabits prepared places. 
We can't show up with no preparation without preparing our hearts and preparing our spirits and say, God, show up in the next 45 minutes and impact my life. I haven't really prayed. I haven't really spent any time with you. I haven't prepared my heart. My mind's going a million miles. I'm thinking about the homework that I got to do tomorrow. I'm thinking about the job I got to do tomorrow. I'm thinking about the yard that needs to be mowed. I'm thinking about the pet that needs to be taken to the vet. I'm thinking about all these things and my mind is a million miles away. And now I want you to show up and impact my life. It won't happen. He, He inhabits prepared places. How much did you prepare for church this morning? I didn't say, how long did you comb your hair? How long did you put on your nice clothes? How long did you work on your makeup? I said, how long did you prepare here for the move of God? God moves in our time. I encourage you this morning, I challenge you this morning to seek Him while He may be found. He can be found when we're together. I got got a question. How many of you have a best friend? Come on now. I see some lonely folks in the house. Come on, raise your hand. How many of you got a best friend? Right? Let me ask you, how did you get that best friend? What did you do? Spend some time with him, right? God is no different. If we want to encounter him and draw up close to him and have this close encounter with him, we have to be willing to spend time. Time is valuable. What you value, you place time on. So here's our, our commitment to you. We're going to come into this place and we're going to encounter Him. We're going to take the time necessary to worship Him. you got to be ready so that we don't have to waste all this time cranking you up. When we play, man, we don't even have to play the first note. You ought to be walking in those doors ready to worship God. Amen. Here's, here's, the, here's the deal. Bottom line. Want to have a close encounter? Wait. Want to have a move of God? Wait. Want to hear from God? Wait. Some of you have got issues in your life right now that you need clear-cut direction from God. You need to hear the voice of God. You know what the clue, the, the clue is for you, the secret ingredient? Wait. Wait. That's what, we don't want to hear that. That's like, oh, man, I really am showing my age. When I was about 16 years old, it was really popular to do. You remember the old Pollock jokes? You remember those things? I ain't trying to be. I ain't trying to offend anybody, but we used to do these Pollock jokes, and one of the ones we do is this: How do you drive a Pollock crazy? Come back tomorrow, and I'll tell you. Right, and that's our attitude to God. It drives us crazy that He makes us wait, but in the waiting, we become wound up with Him. And I don't know what you want to be, but I want to be wound up with Him so that I wind up with everything that He has for me. Amen. This is a key ingredient. We're not going to prolong it, but we're going to enjoy it. Julie, I want you to bring the team back. We're going to do just a little bit of praise and worship here because I want you to take a few moments. See, some of you just about now ready. Took you this long to get ready to really worship. We're not going to do this long. We've got a really cool thing we're getting ready to do. We're going to, after we do just a couple songs and we spend a few moments in His presence, those of you that need to go can go. We're going to do a baby dedication, which I'm really pumped about because I, Julie and I believe that what you see in the natural is really representative of what's happening in the supernatural. We believe we're seeing growth. Amen. So we're excited about this. But before we do that, I want us to take just a few moments and live out what we're talking about. We are saying, God, if it takes 20 minutes, we'll give you 20 minutes. God, if it takes 45 minutes, we'll give you 45 minutes. God, if you were to show up one Sunday and say, you know what, you got the building to 3 o'clock, and it's going to take all the way to 3 o'clock to encounter, you know what, I'm willing, if that's what it takes. I don't want to be leaving about the time he shows up, because I need him. You may not need him, but I need him. 
I can't make it through my week without him. And I'm not willing to live my life full of chronos moments and forfeit all the Kairos moments. I need a divine appointment with him. I want you to stand with me right now. We're not going to take long here, but we are going to enter his presence and chase him down. The good thing is you don't have to chase very hard <laughs> because he's here and we can find him this morning. In Jesus' name. All I want to do, all I want to do is love you. All I want to do is worship you. All I want to do is lay here right at your
Maybe life has been tough. There's good news this morning. He'll reach out and strengthen you. And so this is what I want us to do. If you're in that condition, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to make fun of you. Nobody's going to laugh at you because we've all been there. Some of us are there right now. So we're going to do this a little different. If you're if you're worn out spiritually, you're you've been fighting a good fight, but you're it's been tough and you're you're exhausted. I just want you to sit down right where you are. Just sit down. If that's you, I just want you to sit down. Sit down real quick. Nobody's going to make fun. There's some going down right now. You're worn out. Don't know where to turn. Don't know what to do. Tired. Amen. You know what? The Bible says that we're to bear one another's burdens. We, we wait on God, but we're also supposed to wait on one another. And, and, and work with one another and help one another and, and support one another. There are people sitting around you right now that are worn out. Some of them have tried everything and they are exhausted. I need you to step out right now. Find one of these folks standing or sitting down right now and lay hands on them quickly. We're going to believe that God's going to step in right now and refresh them in their spirit. Come on, you're praying for some of you are praying for folks that have given everything they've got. Refresh them. 